1-800-209-1679. All right, folks, here we go. Sports Insider Radio, Brian Blessing. Oh, we got John and Mike, johnsyndicate.com. As John likes to say, he calls it an hour of power. Lots of good sports information for you. And we invite you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com. And the number to call is 1-800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. As we are midweek. And there's a lot on the docket. Uh, we are winding down the college basketball season, home stretch of the NBA, the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Masters is next week. We got the World Cup. And oh, by the way, I know my good friends in Baltimore are fired up. Baseball is here. Hi, guys. So excited, Brian. I have been waiting for hey, this day. Real, for real quick, not to interrupt. Brian, do you hear the music in the background? We still hear the intro music. Yeah. Okay, I just didn't know if you were doing that on purpose and you were just, you know, because getting I, ready. He's getting fired it's, up. It's, he it's up. called, you know, it fades out and it's. it's oh, it's, I, I, it's I, called I Have No Patience. It's called, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. But listen, I am so excited. I'm going to get you the buttons to push. <laughs> oh, man, it's unbelievable. I, I won everything yesterday. Um, here, here's the thing. You know, before we hop into the final four, because we got an hour, you know, a lot of clients, they, they, they overlook a sport that you love, which is golf. The Masters is coming. Uh, one of my buddies, um, you know, I normally don't give out free plays on the air. He's got a live dog I'm going to release later in the show on the air. So if you guys are listening, you got to stay on. It's, it's a large, large price. And then a little small favorite as well. But here's, here's the thing. Tomorrow, if you look at the overnight lines, they're already out in the MLB season. And as you know, I'm a dog lover. I'm telling you, I'm looking at some of these prices, and it's just amazing to me how you, you're telling me, I, I'll say this now and I'll say it every week, no team is worth 300 Unless Kershaw is pitching a perfect game, he will not be in in the ninth inning. So if you wanted to play Kershaw tomorrow against Black, you've got to play the first five innings. But really, there's no value. The value is taking San Francisco plus the 300. We're not talking about information. We're just talking about the fact that you know out of the gate these lines are inflated based upon what they did last season. Scherzer is not worth 200 on the road at Cincinnati on opening day when we know a high percentage of home teams win on opening day just because the fans are behind them and everybody's pumped up. So if you want value, I know you hate that word, you got Miami tomorrow against Leicester. You got, and I'm not saying I'm playing these games, Brian, but this is how your mind has to be in the in the baseball season. You can't be looking to let, you have to just strike out Leicester. You have to strike out Scherzer. You have to strike out all these huge favorites, Kershaw, on opening day, and, and the odds of all three winning aren't that great. So even if you went one and two you, and you, you position yourself correctly, you can actually make money. So anyway, that's it. I just wanted to talk about that because it's unique that you have that many huge favorites to open the day. And, again, the Cubs on the road, Washington on the road are bad spots on opening day, and the 290, the 300 is just too much on, on Scherzer. I can't tell you how tempted I am to play a different song underneath you every time you talk. Go ahead. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> who let the dogs out? How about who let the dogs out? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, hey, you know, to your point, and the other thing is, out of the gate, I, you know, opening day is a special day. Every, it's 162 games. You know, these pitchers, by the way, are on a very short leash. I mean, they don't want some guy on opening day, even if he's going great guns. You know, he could be tossing a one-hitter, and the manager may still take him out in the sixth inning. Exactly. So, you know, that's where if you're a guy that handicaps pitchers and you're going to say, oh, Lester, oh, Scherzer, it's crazy. You're going to lay this, this, this crazy wood. You just can't make money. And this is why a lot of people don't understand baseball. 
Look, the Yankees are favored to finish the, their division in top place. But, again, they're at Toronto. They're a 160 favorite basically on the road. You have a lot of road favorites tomorrow. So you have a very delicious day of home team dogs. Hey, Mike, delicious. I got to ask you. Uh, you know, when John comes in here, and, and I always talk, it turns into a you know electronic store. I mean, he's he, – and I don't know if you guys remember the old Saturday Night Live skit with Al Franken. You know, the one-man satellite. I mean, John could basically have the satellite dish stapled to his forehead. I mean, he's never out of touch. So my question is, is there a day or several days during the season where John just says, everybody in the office, come on, kids, let's go to the baseball game? Not to stop uh, that, that's not true. <laughs> not the office. One, one. Well, we went to a seventeen-inning game or something with my Never again in August, and I looked over, and Mike was gone. He was gone. Look, I left in the fifth. It was so hot. It was like right in the the outfield where the sun was beating down. I just couldn't. T- it was like torture. Why was I torturing and, and, myself? And, and my team and our team was up like fifteen runs. It was something ridiculous. And I said to my son, "Come on, buddy." And he looked at me like, "You got to be kidding me! I'm not leaving to the last strike." The, the bitter end. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Because what if they come back? They're losing. The other team's losing fifteen to three. And then it was like fifteen to five, and he says, "See," I said, "You're like, all right. We'll stay." Well, we'll stay. It, it, so now th- I got a little thing. I get there late, like at the. Se- I try to get there like at the sixth inning, right before the seventh inning stretch. So at least I can shorten the. Uh, you know, it is a long game, and I understand from a fan point of view, it's something you do with the, the the kid. You know, everybody's dancing and doing the wave and all that. But from a betting point of view, there is a disinterest, right? You know, and if you want to be a sports insider, I go back to the concept of treating your betting as a business and not worrying about what shape the ball is, you have to understand you shouldn't care whether you like the sport or not. We know that most football betters and basketball betters, we know the handle goes down with baseball until August going into the postseason. But the reality is that a lot of the people take the attitude that they're going to lay off. And the thing is, your goalie is in pretty much the whole game. Am I correct? When you're playing hockey, you're wagering on hockey. So even if you have a live dog, you still have that goalie. They're not relieving the goalie. But your pitcher is not in the entire game more times than not. So a lot of people try to equate NHL to MLB, but there is a fundamental difference. You, that's why there's a first five-inning line and there's a game line, and there's not, you know, they don't split the 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 the, the ice up that way. You follow me? Right, and I get the the math models in the numbers, but what do you think is a realistic time frame at the beginning of any season? And here, baseball starting. The difference being, uh, obviously, with baseball, you know, the pitcher means so much. But in terms of, you know, if a team's hitting or not, or, you know, if they look good, if they're aggressive on the base pads, uh, you know, is it a high-scoring team, or you know, are they aggressive in their approach? You know, what's a reasonable, comfortable period, do you believe, to say, yeah, I kind of know what I'm dealing with here? I mean, for us, we're obsessed right from the – we're following the Grave for League, even though we're not releasing the games. So we, we, we're not – we don't we, – you know, there is no preseason in college sports, college football – there's no preseason in college basketball. There's basically, you you know, you can bet on the Grapefruit League, but we don't bother with it. So, I mean, really, we'll, we'll get started immediately. And, and, again, my whole thing is totals, just like the video I did where the wind blew the tripod off, its, off, off, off where it was, the ledger was sitting on. You know, that stuff matters. Now we get into real weather, and you didn't have to worry about it with basketball. You don't have to worry about it with hockey. So, you know, out of the gate, my, my feeling is – I know you hate the word value. I would rather lose and just take the $300 dog because I know that that price shouldn't be that high because it's the first game of the season. Are you guys so, it, Are you guys into almonds? Almonds? Like almond like not, almond not, joy? Not almonds. Karma, almonds. The do- oh, almonds. The Dodgers final spring training game at Dodger Stadium Tuesday night was cut short because of a foul-smelling leak that spilled sewage onto the field in the fifth inning. Does that mean the Dodgers are going to stink this year? I mean, you're the one that's sitting there telling me about your airplane sweater angle. Uh, I'm 2-0 with it, baby. Well, you're 2-0 with that. So my, so St. Bonaventure. Three oh, St. Right. Bonaventure, you're correct. Every so mascot you, I saw went down in flames. You're all right. right, so you're 3-0 and with that. 
Uh, can we then make the leap of faith with the sewage leak at Dodger Stadium that the Dodgers are going to stink this year? Sure. Okay. Just we can also we it's can a... also we can also we can also make a leap of faith that Scherzer uh, and Lester and Kershaw. Um, and Kershaw are all going to have winning records in the MLB this year. Win more games than they lose, more than likely. And if you bet on them, you'll lose money. So for the guy listening, to that he can't uh, he can't wrap his head around that. You have three pitchers that are going to have win more games than they lose. And the whole value there is money management, position size, and knowing that they're going to be so high priced that there's no value. And even if they, even if they won sixty percent of their games, you're still going to make so much more money losing sixty percent of your wagers on the forty percent that you're getting back two to one and three to one. How's the office model change, Mike, with baseball? And, and you know, the, you know, Thursday morning for us, breakfast baseball. Uh, be twelve thirty your time, Chicago and Miami, and uh, away we go. Uh, but when you've got those breakfast, lunch, afternoon, night games, um, things cranking a little bit more in the office with daytime action going on. Well, absolutely, it's basically like a college football Saturday every single day of the week from now until basically October when the playoffs begin and they're all night games. So the value is with baseball. There's so many games and so many opportunities every single day. Like you were talking about the starting, you know, these heavy favorites. But what I will do, if Kershaw is down 2-1 or 3-1 in the first inning, I love that because then the value in the live trade, now he becomes possibly a, a small favorite or even a dog. And then if because it's such a short leash on the first inning, they'll still leave him in there. You can find a lot of value without having to lay such a high-ticket price before the game starts knowing that that team, if you like them, but you just wouldn't take them on that huge favorite, if they become a dog or even a small favorite first, second, or third inning, and especially if they're at home and they're getting at the bottom of the ninth, if there's value, I'll take it all the way. And what about the nature of the streaks in baseball, John? I mean, you've, again, you identify the dogs, but I know you also try to saddle up to those streaks. Yeah, so I don't stand in front of the, uh, I don't, I'm not the guy that's betting, uh, uh, player when there's been 39 bankers in a row on the table. I just keep rolling until I lose. So the whole thing for me is I need two things to line up, and I don't want to give too much away here, but if you call the office, we have a money management system that's based upon streaks only, and especially streaks when you're getting dogs, because that's the whole thing. A team could be 5-0, and and then they're going to go against Scherzer, and they're going to be a dog against Scherzer even though they're 5-0. and Usually the momentum play is to take the dog, continue the streak, and if any any time they're going to beat Scherzer, it's going to be because they're five and zero, they're six and zero, they're seven and zero. What I try to do is, and I'm a baccarat player. When I and if I go into a casino and I play a game, I play baccarat, and it, you basically can use the same uh, systems they use on the table with baseball without any handicapping, which is basically you stay away from chop. If you see a team, what you what you're trying to do is, if you're in order to start a streak. And again, people listening to this, obviously a lot of people like to get free information, free tips, free picks. I get all that. But at the core nature, if you aren't someone that's going to purchase information and you're going to try to handicap baseball on your own, you should make a rule never to play a game that hasn't won two games in a row. So basically you want to be, and I don't care if it's in the same series. It could be the last game of a series where they were 0-2 and then the first game of a new series. I don't care about that. I care about 2-0. and and then, because you can't figure out the streak's going to start till you're at least two games into it. One game doesn't matter. And then a lot of times people wait till five, six, seven games, and they're missing the third game, the fourth game, the fifth game, and then the streak ends. You see what I'm saying, Brian? So then they get burnt that way. You can't be late to the party. And in order not to be too early to the party, you wait till you have two games under the belt. And then you also wait for that third game to be a good price even money or a dog. So I'm not taking a team that won three games in a row, two games in a row on the third game when it's Scherzer's team that is two in a row and now Scherzer's 300 on game three. I'm, I'm just leaving it alone. And, Mike, you guys mentioned you followed spring training and uh, the Grapefruit League, whatever. Um, what are some of the teams at least that piqued your interest heading into a season? And, and I get matchups and you know who they're playing, and you, you got to sit down and 
you know, analyze it game by game. But what are some of the teams possibly that give you a starting point that you watched that intrigued you, either good or bad? Well, I mean, uh, one of the teams that I see up and coming, and they had a really good finish to last year were the Angels, where I could see them making a push. I mean, Houston is pretty revamped, and they still have the same rotation and pretty much the same guys. They didn't lose much in the offseason. But I feel like the Angels had an improvement into the offseason, and this year they put it together in the second half. So a lot of times what we do is seeing how the teams finished, even though they weren't top contenders or they maybe even didn't make the playoffs, but they had a hot run in the last two months of the season where finally the cohesion of their starting five or even, you know, finally they put together a lineup that works. Going into this year, the momentum does carry over in baseball. It's not football where every year is just a brand new year and it's a brand new situation and teams don't carry over as well. In baseball, it seems to work if the teams are playing well to carry over to the following year. So the Angels are one of the teams that I see doing very well and a team that everybody thinks might do really good this year that I may think has a, you know, may have a dry spell are the Red Sox. Um, they didn't do that much in the offseason while the Yankees just bolstered their entire lineup. The Orioles did okay, and they don't, don't hang in there, but the Red Sox, for the amount of money that they spend year after year, I feel like are going to have a down year, um, especially last year. They didn't, you know, they finished well, but that's the type of team that if you don't keep improving and you know, they don't put extra emphasis on the lineup because their bats were not as good as years past where the Yankees are going to smoke the division, and they're going to be heavy favorites, and it's not from a statistic standpoint that we care that much about who wins and loses. We're looking for the dog money, but in terms of me doing the scouting from over the year, that's a team that I could see struggling. Well, and how about the early stages of the year, too, John, to get a read on what the odds makers are thinking in, in terms of teams that start fast, teams that start slow, and when the adjustments start to kick in, and, and then you all of a sudden there'll be a new team or two that becomes a public team or a sharp team, and the numbers start to dance uh, in terms of keeping tabs on that. Well, so what I've been, you know, first of all, real quick, did you double check we're recording this so it's archived online at sportsinsiderradio.com? I just forgot to ask you before we went on the air. Make sure we're recording this for all my internet listeners because I got, I'm telling you, this should be a pay per view show. I'm giving out so much information here. Brian, I feel almost guilty to my paid members. <laughs> Listen, Yankees minus 135 to win the division. Houston, minus 450 to win the division. Cleveland, minus 550 to win the division. Cubs, minus 300 to win the division. Dodgers, minus 200 to win the division. So those teams, I'm going to give you guys a little trick. You're a horse enthusiast. I'll call you an enthusiast, not a better, a horse enthusiast. The, 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 the favorite horse out of the gate, he doesn't need to blow past everybody from the minute they fire the gun. He's going to wait till they go around the stretch. So here's what you do. You take these teams and you fade the living you-know-what out of them <laughs> early in the season. And here's the reason why. They don't care. Like you said, it's 160 games. They don't care till it matters, which is all-star break. So you should assume... The Yankees, Houston, Cleveland, Cubs, and Dodgers will be about 50% up to the All-Star break, and then they kick it into gear because they're coming around for finish line. You, gotta pre- you, you can't burn out the players. You can't burn out the pitchers. So you're getting all your value in the early part of the season, fading the good teams, and then while at the same time those teams are usually being favor- they're usually favorites. And, again, we're not talking about 80% winners or 70% winners. We're talking about 50%, but you're always playing dogs. And that's the thing that people, like we, we talk about all the time. We did, a, we did a little breakdown of the games in football, and you, you could be up 100 games and down big because of the juice. Here, if you can maintain a strict strategy of only playing dogs, you know that even if you're 50%, you're up a considerable amount of money every time. And you can't really do that except in, in hockey. And I go back to since the goaltender's in, it changes the dynamic of the game pretty much for the whole entire game as you basically know that it's a false line being made. And it still amazes me that that's how they make the line. They're making a line for nine innings for five innings. And 
that's why people have made that adjustment to, to play the first five innings, and it's become such a popular bet. And then we always talk about with the mobile apps, and we see it uh, in football, basketball, whatever, uh, just not the emergence of it. It's always been there, but the enhanced uh, handle that we get on halftime wagers. Right, and, and so the thing with the first five innings, why it doesn't appeal to me as much is I'm looking for that live dog where the bullpen is garbage and is gonna, they're going to fold at the end of the game. So I'm not looking for a $290 dog, San Francisco, against uh, Kershaw or whoever Scherzer's playing or whoever Lester's playing. I'm not looking for them to really be up at the fifth inning. I'm looking for it could be tied. They could be down a couple runs, and then they relieve them, and then they. So I'm, 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 I'm. If you're looking for good handicapping and you're taking the better team, again, that puts you on the favorite side. Now, if you think a team is offensively has a lot of firepower and they're going to come out of the gate swinging early in the season, and you have a favorite, yeah, then maybe lay the run line on the favorite to turn them into a dog and hope that they have a three nothing lead after five innings. But I'm still not going to take a 290 favorite because I know that 290 favorite is still going to be quite a favorite for the first five innings as well. You know what I mean? All right. Outstanding stuff. It's Sports Insider Radio. We invite you to check sportsinsiderradio.com, 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. We'll be right back here in Las Vegas, sportsinsiderradio.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top Consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. All right, we're back. Sports Insider Radio right here in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing with John and Mike from johnsyndicate.com. Inviting you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com. 800-209-1679. 800-209-1679. I'm on there as we speak. and See John writing away left-handed. You're a lefty. A lefty, no doubt. Michael is also a lefty. Here, let, hold on. Let me turn the music down for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, go, are you all right? No, go ahead. Mike is also a lefty. I'm a lefty. And, uh... One of our other, but we have three guys in the office. It's very rare. We could all be presidents. But anyway, listen, <laughs> you know, I want to talk about the second half. The in, Kenny's commercial, he says, in-game live. 
So yesterday I had two in-game live wages that both won, and then I had a second-half play that won. And I know you know the second-half play that I played, and I didn't tell you before we went on the air. So it was a college basketball game, Brian. They were originally an underdog, and then they made them a favorite. Which team was that that I played in the second half? Oh, I venture a guess. uh, Let's see. Penn State was probably way ahead, so you probably took Mississippi State. I'm looking here in my account at Mississippi State minus three and a half. And we did and not talk. All, we did not talk, by the way. We did not We did not talk. And uh, Scouts Honor, we did not talk. They won 37 to 33. So I'm not bragging about a blowout. I had a half a point win. They moved the line right. And this is where I notice the line makers, they understand that there's a huge market for in-game and second-half trading because that line came out at three. I hit the button. It said no. Lines changed. It went to three and a half. Right after I hit refresh in another account, guess what? It was four. So depending upon what time you yes. wagered on that second half game and that in that little opportunity, you either won or you pushed. And, you know, everybody wants a 50-point blowout, but that's just not – these guys are sharp. Now, I understand um, – So can you speak to the process when you're dealing with, with uh, clients – and that that halftime opportunity that does exist, but it you know in many instances, be it football or basketball, uh, depending on how quickly, well uh, you know wherever you're playing these, how quickly it gets up, you've got a window sometimes of ten to twelve minutes, uh, to how quickly that you're able to react and get that information out that people can get on board. Well, I basically do what you and Kenny do, which is we make a line on the game before the line is out. And then if we're off considerably, whichever advantages are, like if that line would have been five, I would definitely would have taken the dog. But the, the, the reality was the, the line was one point higher than the original number flipped. Now it was a five-and-a-half-point swing, but you have to take into account they're down 20-plus points. And you know that in these, these students are not going to no, – no college team, unless it's an NCAA, you know, uh, woman's game, then you're not going to see 50-point games, which is why you don't see 50-point spreads. So you, you have to take, again, it's a value play. They should win the game by four because they're not going to win the game. Now, look, the miracle can happen when you take Nevada in the second half and they can come down from 22 and win the game. So we know that it is possible, but you're making the assumption when you're taking Mississippi State in the second half that they're not going to win the game, but they're not. they want to save face. And the other team is not going to ram it down their throat and they basically maintained a one point lead the entire second half they were down by 20 and then at the end they basically took that four point lead and people shake their heads and go wow it was so close you don't get paid more whether it's a blowout or whether it's a half a point win and vice versa you don't lose more so you know we're not always taking the team that's down at the half a lot of times we press teams that are actually up but where you just know you completely have the wrong side. But like you said, uh, pace of play, especially in basketball, and you get a lot of these like little games tonight. These these you know Illinois Chicago, not Loyola not not Loyola Chicago guys. Illinois Chicago is playing, and um, you know you could, I'd rather wait till halftime to see what a lot of these games do. That Western Kentucky Utah game. This it went back and forth and back and forth and anybody they claim they had any info on that game I don't know how it was just like flip a coin and that's what happens but you can get a little bit of edge at halftime on all these matchups. The final four is coming up on Saturday and uh, you mentioned Loyola of Chicago against Michigan. Michigan is a consensus five point favorite, but we've seen a couple of properties where a five and a half is popping up and the total's low at one twenty nine and a half. I get a funny feeling as we get closer. Uh, to the weekend, that I think that uh, Cinderella story is going to gain more steam, and I, I do believe you might end up seeing some money on the Ramblers here. So now that, that we're seeing it at five and a half, uh, the question becomes, as we've always talked about, uh, sometimes it's who, but just as importantly, it's when. Um, at what point would you say, uh, if you formed an opinion, say, you know what, it's three days out, but do it now. Because getting ahead of it, and who so knows, I have that it, half, I have it, I half have point it. could make well, a difference if, an, if you have an opinion. Well, so I have an opinion on this. I don't know who I'm going to play right. yeah, Saturday well, yet, yeah, but on, I, do have an opinion on, I do have an opinion on this. If I don't believe either dog will cover unless they win. 
So if I was playing the dogs, then I'd have to take a little something on the money line. So it, the, the mistake in this is not to worry about if you have the dog or the favorite. It's if you decide to play the dog, grab that 220. Grab that 200. Right. Grab that. Don't, don't just be happy that they won the game and but truly, though, get, get, get I, the, compensated but for the it. point is, right, more often than not, um, if you can with confidence say seven out of ten times that you're able to anticipate or, you know, be it, you know, uh, an opinion or beyond an educated guess to say that the number is likely to move a certain way as time goes by. Um, you know, depending on what your opinion of that game may be, doing it seventy-two hours out may be the way to go, right? And because we've yeah, always talked a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I will say this also, because these games are so critical and important, I do see a lot of I do see potential for saving face opportunities. Where basically, I'm giving out the you know for me and in, in these important games, if a team is down considerably at halftime, they're going to save face. So, but the problem is they're going to put a premium on a halftime line because they know it. So, you know, you know, if Loyola Chicago is down 20 points at halftime, you know, you can imagine they're going to be laying seven in the second half. If if uh, if Kansas is down, you know, 20 at half, same thing. You can imagine they're going to be laying six at the half. So the question is, are they going to win the second half or are they going to cover the second half? And that's why a lot of times there's also that money line that they put on the second half. So with these games that matter. It's, you know, for instance, the Warriors. You know, you know right now playing the Warriors is playing with fire because they don't care. And I had the Warriors last night. They were winning the majority of the game, and then they blew it. Hey, but the system called for a value play on the money line. So basically my attitude was if the Warriors are going to win the game, the Warriors are going to cover the game. And if they don't cover the game, they're not going to win the game. Um, So that's where you have to look for your opportunities, especially with NBA as it goes down on the wire. And... The same thing with these these games is that you can't be one-dimensional, which is what I've said all along. It's easy to be more one-dimensional in MLB because you really only have two options. Now, get, don't get me wrong, we can now in-game live. And me and Mike made a fortune last year with some clients where they had the lines on the in-game live so you'd have a team. And this is one of the things I'll give it out here for free, Brian. And uh, feel free to tip me with buffalo wings when I see you next time. If you have a team and they're at home, so yeah, tomorrow is a bad example because you got two huge road favorites, and you have that pitcher, and he's three hundred, and he just has a bad go of it in the first six innings, and now he, they're down five four nothing in the sixth inning. What do you think they're going to make that? What do you think they're going to make the favorite, the original favorite in that game? I lost you, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Teams laying three hundred, they're down four nothing in the sixth inning. What are they going to make the in-game live number? And they're they're down. Yeah, they're down. They're home, so they get the bottom of the ninth. They're losing four nothing in the sixth inning. Oh, I was going to be 15. What do you think? Yeah, home run time. Yeah, but what do you think they're going to make the line, the money line? What do you think they're going to make the line on the favorite that's now originally was laying three hundred? Now they're down four nothing. Oh, they're going to be plus, seen... plus six dollars, plus eight dollars, you know, whatever. So there you go. So we've taken these $8 spots. We literally hit almost every $8 spot in that situation because the problem with the dog is if the dog gets up too early, they usually blow the game. And if the favorite gets down too early, you really they have the whole game. They have that poise. They stay confident. They're at home. So in these particular spots where me and Mike have made root, you got you talk about the eye test. You got to watch everything inning, 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 inning. And now you have a team, and it doesn't really work for the road teams, but it does work for the home teams. So these are little angles where most people they're busy and they're working and they're following the score, but they're not following it in relation to in-game live trading. And so that's where you can make a lot of money. I can't tell you how many times that team was plus eight dollars. And they were originally minus three hundred. Mm-hmm. It's three nothing, and all of a sudden, or four nothing. You look up, it's four four. No, I, I, hey, well, and that's that. That's the there's the rub with the run line. You know, in baseball, you, you lay that run line out. You, how many times the team's got a got a uh, two run lead or a three run lead in the ninth, and all of a sudden the team comes back and gets a run. 
and they win, but the run line, because you always get that guy on base, and they need two runs. They're not worried about the guy on first, and they just give him second base. Well, and like we always said, if you're going to take the run line, you got to take the road team, and if you're going to take the plus one and a half, you got to take the home team. And, you know, basically these are – but they make you pay for that. They're sharp enough that they set the line where the prices are so huge. But, you know, to tomorrow, looking at the board, it's very – it's amazing – Tomorrow, you, you you literally don't have any home favorites except the Dodgers and the Mets. I mean, and and Kansas City. You have three favorites tomorrow, Brian, at home. That's it. So with those three teams, you could look. You you basically can circle them before they start, leave them alone, and instead of looking for a second half wager. You can basically look for them maybe to be down or tied in the sixth or seventh inning, and then you start getting those crazy inflated money lines. And on the on the on the favorite who's going to get the bottom of the ninth inning, tie it up or take it extra innings, and that's where I. And again, the money I'm talking about wagering is extremely small because the odds are usually high. I'm not saying go crazy. I'm saying these are lottery ticket type wagers, but they add up when you're playing a buck to win eight, two bucks to win sixteen hundred, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, Mike, back to the final four for just a second. You know, we were down, you know, started with 64, and uh, they start whittling this thing down. Well, I can How's tell your you, bracket looking, Brian? Uh, yeah, well, I actually had Michigan. <laughs> I got Michigan to win the whole thing. Uh, okay, there you go. But, like everybody else, you know, the bracket was emulsified. Um, but I, I would say... Uh, emulsified, yeah, I like it. Yeah, how about that? Uh, but you're, we're down to final four. I mean, before this tournament... Mike, I'll guarantee you, you know, ninety percent of the public out there didn't know what color Loyola of Chicago's the color of their uniform was, let alone anything about these guys. But now they've seen them, and now they get to get to know them. Plus, the odds makers see them, and these numbers are usually pretty tight. But it, it you know, it's one of those things where there's knowledge now because you got a chance to see these guys. When in the beginning, nobody knew who they were. Right, and I mean, I've, I wish I could just bet on Loyola Chicago every single day of my life. I mean, it's <laughs> literally in the last 18 games, they're 15-3 and three against the spread, and we've been tracking them this entire second half of the season. They've only lost twice in the year of 2018. This year, they've only lost twice. So, But they cover as well almost every game. So the value is early in the tournament, we were getting dog value on them, and we still are, but... Like you said, now that the odds makers are getting accustomed to them, and now the public is seeing them, but I still don't think they're getting any credit. Uh, people are still going to see that Michigan is more superior talent, which is little Chicago has been playing against superior talent. They're just a better cohesive team, and you know that it, playing that game before and just getting an edge on that play is going to be very tough. I rather wait till halftime, as I do most of the time if I don't have a play on the game, and see if I can get value on the second half. By looking at the first, you know, the first half with the eyeball test, seeing if a couple key players get in foul trouble early and they sit for the rest of the half, or just the pace of the game is not up to par for that specific team. If they're a three-point shooting team, or vice versa, if they're not getting the ball inside, there's a lot of information while the game is going on that we're basically studying and analyzing. That in the second half, based on the number, we take advantage of. Now, Brian. I told you I was going to give out some free information today. Oh, yeah. Is this the golf? This is the golf. All so right. Masters we, is coming. You, right. So you, you, there's premium value on the past Masters winner, Adam Scott, who's playing better than he is ranked at 70-1 to 1 on the odds. So if you're going to look for a value play, you, you put a little something on Adam Scott. What's your, uh, and then let me finish, and then you can give me your feedback. Um Alex Snorin, thirty-three to one, the number number one ball, uh, number one ball, and then also the number one ball striker, Tommy Fleetwood, thirty-five to one. And then if you're going to just play the favorite, like even the favorites, which is what I love about golf, are still huge dogs. You got um, Jordan Spieth, twelve to one. What's your opinion? The master- now, I understand. I know nothing about golf. This yeah. is all information given to me. Yeah, Do you know that I'm. Saying it with authority, but I couldn't pick these guys out of in a lineup if I tried. Norin is really good with current form. Adam Scott's current form is not that good. Uh, Augusta is set up for left-handers. Uh, the past winners, you get Mike Weir, 
uh, you know, and you've got Mickelson, who's playing very, very well, and Bubba Watson. And uh, Bubba Watson, we said you could play in the Masters for the next 15 years if he's in good form. All of a sudden, Bubba Watson's in great form. The course sets up for uh, players that, uh, for the left-handers, that hit a high soft fade, uh, as the as opposed to the right-handers having to hit a draw, and it's harder to hold the green. It's set up for left-handers, and Bubba Watson's in such great form to the point where I would tell you that Bubba Watson was probably in excess of forty to one as short of seven weeks ago, and he's now down to fourteen to one because of current form. But I think past. Winners, uh, players that have fared well at Augusta in the past are certainly guys uh, that are very viable. But the other thing is to try to identify the up-and-comers that can maybe make some noise who have not had a track record at Augusta and to try to get on board with them uh, as their careers are getting on track. And that's the beauty of golf right now. What's your opinion of uh, Tiger Woods being up there in the favorite spot? well, it's just how polarized with, with Jordan and with Jordan and Dustin Johnson and and uh, Roy McElroy. Yeah, McElroy. Yeah. Well, McElroy, by the way, is, uh, he's going for the career Grand Slam and the tournament he wants more than anything. The remainder of his career is to get a win at the Masters. This is one of the most compelling Masters ever. I I, I would just say from a better betting strategy, uh, there's no way uh, you know doing a golf tournament. Unless you are convinced a guy is going to run away and hide, uh, that you jump on anybody in that ten to one, twelve to one range. Uh, to me, you start out the tournament with guys in the forty, fifty to one range, and then on the weekend going in before moving day, somebody that's three, four, five shots off the lead. I, for argument's sake, a Dustin Johnson, who was walking in there last year, and he was beating everybody and winning every tournament, and he falls down the stairs and gets hurt. Well, uh, you know, you could get a guy like Dustin Johnson on Friday night if he's four shots off the pace before Saturday, which is called moving day. But he's, you know, Dustin Johnson's 10 to 1 to win a tournament. But if he's four shots back and he's not shot himself out of the tournament, he could be 18 to 1 on Friday night. That's when, to me, that's when you jump on a marquee player is Friday night. A lot of crazy action. I remember being in the car with you, and your phone was blowing up. People were giving you play-by-play, playoff. You were immersed in the, uh, in the in the Masters one year, and you were so close. I think to like making the score of the. But scores. we had no. I, here, I would give you the perfect example. I, I believe it was. And the good news is, I was driving. You weren't. No, it was two years ago. Um, that exact scenario came into play. Uh, Danny Willett was three or four shots off the pace. And I, I bet Danny Willett on Friday night at 40-1, to 1, and George, Jordan Spieth hit it in the water twice on 12 on Amen Corner, and Danny Willett won the tournament and got him Friday night Amen. at 40-1. to 1. So, no, but I, so I, I guess it, it speaks to, um, you know, a, a strategy matters as much as who you're selecting and when you play it. It, it comes well, back. So let, let me ask you this. Is Tiger... So highly favored because he's Tiger, or yes. I mean, that's like no value in that line, right? Yeah, I mean, if Tiger had come in in horrific form, uh, it, it would be like the people in Secretariat's last horse race bought a two dollar ticket just to have it as memorabilia. And frankly, I'll be honest with you, uh, oh, there are people that went and bet the Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup because it was like, I want the ticket. And all of a sudden, you know, that ticket, like, who knows what the ticket turns into now. But people were buying 5 and $10 tickets just for the sake of doing it. Uh, but Tiger, honestly, uh, the last few tournaments, he finished fifth. Or second, he finished. And then he finished fifth. But he finished fifth because he went for it and, and stumbled. But he was he was almost a runner-up in back-to-back weeks. And he's very close. I mean, if he hits the ball in the fairway... He's actually, it, it really makes this a compelling story because current form, and, and know this, that he, he's doing nothing. They're playing in Houston this week. Tiger, after that last tournament, he's been living in Augusta, and he's there practicing and practicing and practicing and getting to know every blade of grass. Uh, Mickelson's probably doing the same thing. That's the intriguing thing about it, and, and there's the pressure of a major. Oh, I, It's one of the most compelling uh, events of the year. And, 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 and that's on the... Has- Good. You think age has anything to do with it? I mean, he's young. He's look. I'm 45. Tiger Woods is 42. No. Um, but that's considered old. And that I mean, well, I, what is, what's the, 
No, Kenny Perry what? almost won it at 49. Um, you know, Angel Cabrera is no spring chicken. We've seen older guys. Mickelson is knee deep in contention to be in this. Uh, it's about health. And finally, he's two years older than me. He's forty-seven. But so. finally, he appears to be healthy. I mean, they're saying with his clubhead speed, he's go, he's still going faster than the the kids are now. So Tiger, at least at the moment, currently seems to be healthy. But it doesn't matter the sport, right? We talk about things on the periphery. In fact, and Mike, I was going to come back at you and say. Uh, I'd be very intrigued to get your opinion because the World Cup is coming up and there are going to be all kinds of opportunities. Uh, you know, I'm still bitter the United States coughed up a lung and didn't even get in. But we're looking at the big favorites, Brazil, Germany, France. But then the prices start to inflate with Spain, Argentina, Belgium, and then we're knee-deep into it, 16, 25 to 1. Are there a handful of, of teams that you deem to be live sleepers in the World Cup? And I know we're several months out. But it, you follow this so closely. Have you started to form some opinions? Well, sure. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, a team like Russia who's playing – any team that plays on their home soil always just seems to have an edge in the World Cup, even if they're not a top contender. So you could get better value on them rather than taking the Germanys, the Portugals, the Argentina, the Brazil that obviously are going to be good. But, I mean, I'm pumped up. It's June 14th, and every game is going to be at 6 a.m., 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6, 8, and 10. Oh, so literally, means, by the time you wake up, That means my first game's, the games at 3 in the over. morning? Right. Oh, I, I will tell you this. The last, was it two World Cups ago? It was. Um, where were, The last one was Brazil. Where was the one before that? Anyway. Um, I'm not I don't, sure. For some yeah, reason I, don't, I don't think it was Brazil. I think it was eight years ago. Anyway, the games were starting at like, you know, 4.30, 5 in the morning. And I'm waking up to watch these games. Uh, you know, everybody else is sleeping. And the, the they had this animated open. I don't know if you remember this, where it was like Homer Simpson and uh, what's the good South, looking? Oh, this was, it was South Africa, by the way. It was South Africa, right. But in, the, in the, the, the animated open that they did for all the games, there was a thing where somebody rang a doorbell. And Homer Simpson answered the door. And what, what's the dude from Portugal, the good soccer player from Portugal? Ronaldo. Ronaldo. It's just, it's he, just Ronaldo. Well, he opens the door and Ronaldo was there. But it was part of this. And they did this open. So every, And I kept forgetting that I'd have the TV on. It's 4.30 in the morning. And I get the game, the game on kind of low. And I'm not making too much noise. And this stupid animated open would come on. And they'd ring the doorbell. And the dog went nuts and woke everybody up every morning at 4.30. I'm like, don't put doorbells in commercials. Well, you know, let me say this to you. Since we are global, not local, and we have clients uh, literally in Australia, that, and that's another thing, the tennis was really big with the Australian Open, for, but for those people on that side of the world, betting-wise, it didn't get a lot of traction with the North American clients because of watching it, but we have a lot of Australian clients, we have a lot of clients in Europe and in the Middle East, and so they live with this, they, uh, NFL is huge, NBA is huge all around the world, so they live with these time issues uh, on a daily basis. You know, in Australia, they're having breakfast football, and then I have clients in Belgium that are texting me at midnight going, are the games ready yet? And, you know, so, you know, we, we literally deal with this on a daily, even though it might not personally affect us, we're dealing with clients that are used to wagering at all different hours. Next week, I'll be live doing this radio show with you. It'll be 8 o'clock at night for me, 8 to 9, which isn't that bad. Um, but when the games actually start, and I'm not talking about the early baseball, I was telling Michael, because I'll be 7 hours ahead, I'll be 10 hours ahead of you, Brian. So whatever time it is in Vegas, it'll be the same time where I'm at. So literally... Games are starting at 7 at night. I'm waking up at 7 in the morning, and the NBA is starting. All right, fair warning. John, are you ready? Go ahead. All right, fair warning. <laughs> I, I, I don't want you to careen off the road or anything. <laughs> John and Mike, you're the best. John and Mike, johnsyndicate.com. We invite you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com, 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. And if the folks missed it, they can listen to a replay where? Sportsinsiderradio.com. Have a great week, boys. We'll talk right. next week and Bye-bye. play it back. SportsInsiderRadio.com. Let the people know my wisdom.
big every day with the legendary Radio Shopping Show here on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and at KSHP.com. Include here. And I want to... Position at Fox.com. Stay tuned for your chance to win an American Express gift card to live like a lion and uh, what is it? <laughs> I already put down the copy and feel like a star. Wow, I blew it. You know what, Dominic? Your favorite Fox families are feuding again. Don't miss the all-new Empire followed by Star on Wednesday nights. Check the local channel position at Fox.com and now stay tuned for your chance to win an American Express gift card and live like a lion and feel like a star. There we are. And what did Muhammad Ali do? That's right. He floated like a butterfly, and he stung like a bee. And um, I um, smell like a skunk. And I... No, just kidding. All right, we have another hour together. We'll get into it. Um, By the way, yesterday when Julie Goldman was on the show, and she said that she was in The Sopranos, and she played Meadows' friend at college, Saskia Kupferberg. That's a great name. What was your title? Saskia Kupferberg. Um, somebody asked me what episode that was, and that's episode four, season four, the 43rd episode. It was called The Weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Listening to Sports Talk 1400, KSHP, North Las Vegas. USA Radio News with John DeMaster. Russia getting ready to respond after their diplomats forced out of dozens of countries on news that the Kremlin was behind the poisoning deaths of a former spy and his daughter. As of this morning, over 25 countries all around the world have expelled 150 Russian intelligence officers hiding under diplomatic cover 